This call is being okay. recorded. Hey everyone, it's uh, Dave Barnett, and uh, this this is another holiday chat call. I'm joined on the line by Ree, who comes to us from Southwest Florida, and is an owner along with some family members of a Japanese restaurant that they have been trying to sell. And um, you know, just before the chat, Ree and I were talking a little bit about how she ended up becoming part owner of the business. And um, and it is quite a tale, and, and I'm wondering, Ree, if we shouldn't just start by having you explain how you and your brothers ended up owning a Japanese restaurant. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for this. I've uh, I, I've just been so lucky that you have taken my call. I'm so lucky that there was that one spot available for me, and uh, so I'm really honored to be here. Uh, okay. So um, uh, first of all, my I uh, I was sort of the breadwinner. Uh, we moved from the Philippines to the United States. I moved for here first, and uh, so I was always the breadwinner of the family. Always thinking about my siblings. So there were uh, six of us, and so anyway, um, one of my brothers uh, is a good cook, and he always talks about having. Uh, a restaurant someday. So it's his dream. So we finally had this chance to buy a restaurant from a friend of mine who who was a, a sushi owner in Southwest Florida, and uh, they decided to move to Japan. And uh, my brother was uh, one of their chefs there. And so he was working for them for over for six years. And so the first person they asked if anyone is interested to buy the business, it was him. Mm-hmm. So he, he talked to me and I've just gotten divorced, uh, you know, bankrupt from the real estate crash. But so I have uh, a little bit of money left in my retirement account. And since I really like my brother, I, I love him. I want for his dream to be realized. I cashed in my re- retirement money and put it into this business. So this is how we came about. Um, I, so I, I love my friends say that I'm a good cook. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm not uh, specifically involved in the kitchen or in the sushi making. My brother is. Okay. And so are there so, any other family members involved? Uh, yes. So uh, his, his wife is involved. My other brother who moved from Saudi Arabia to join us because he he was a um, a computer genius, so he automated our our system and uh, and my business was involved in transcription and we we were just uh, starting to offer digital marketing and that's when I uh, met um, uh, my friend who's a business broker at that time and so for when we bought the business, it was like three months into it, I was realizing that it it was a big mistake to go into business with your city. So when you said you had a chance to buy a Japanese restaurant from from a friend, a friend. Yes. so is well, your friend was the business broker or or you you found out about this through your brother who the owner told he could buy the uh, restaurant? They, they were the owners of the uh, Japanese restaurant and my brother was working for them. So, um, so we were friends and, okay. uh, yeah. So, so we were friends. 
So I'm just, I'm, I just, but I just lost, I lost the story when you said you had a friend who was a business broker. Where does a business broker fit into this? Oh, the business broker fit in in a way that after, um, uh, hold a second. Sorry, the business broker uh, entered into the picture when after three months of operating the restaurant, oh, we you. all decided we cannot do this as a family. We have to sell this business. This is a mistake. It's not, we are not meant to be together in one roof trying to okay. run, you know, a business. So what, it, were some, it, what were some of the unfortunate. problems? What were some of the problems that were coming up that led you to that decision? Oh, for example, I have a, a grand idea about uh, issuing coupons to a lot of friends and possibly garnering new customers. Um, my brothers are very conservative in a way that they think that I should not be giving away coupons. It's just one of those examples. Mm. Or uh, changing the... Um, changing some of the layout of the interior design because I found out, I found out that they're very superstitious. Um, I mean, I moved to the U.S. before then, so they all, they all say that I've been westernized. I don't know why <laughs> okay. they say that. So I, you know, so it, it, they said I, that, you know, I should be following some of the Philippine superstitions specifically in running the business. So you know, I told them, no, that's not necessary. This place needs some type of update. And so they were not open to that. And, um, oh, but we changed our menu. It's a really cool menu. <laughs> and, so uh, the, so let, let me ask you a, a few more questions about, about how you got sure. did Did you guys um, organize yourselves? Like, did you create uh, job descriptions or lists of responsibilities so that it was clear who was doing what in the business? Yes, actually we did. We, we were uh, organized in that manner. One of my brothers said we have to uh, create an organizational chart. Mm -hmm. Who does this? Who does that? So, um, but it was never followed, which, you know, I was very surprised. And uh, I guess um, to add to the uh, confusion, uh, the two sister-in-laws wanted to get involved. So that added a lot of uh, emotional ingredients mm. to the recipe, <laughs> to say the least, you know. And uh, so they wanted their own ideas heard. And, and there was a lot of uh, petty fighting which very, very surprising, you know, so those things that, you know, they were not getting along. And, uh, and, you know, that was very unfortunate because the business, the building is, it's really nice. There's a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so before I got on the line with you today, um, I was preparing breakfast for me and the kids and my two children uh, got into a fight over something so ridiculous. I think it was about where one of them put the orange peels from peeling Correct. the orange. Right? That's very familiar. And, and, so, <laughs> and so I'm wondering, 
in, in a in a family business with siblings that are working there, do you, do you think things would have been much different if your mother or father had been in this business? That's very interesting to say. My our father passed away, and uh, the first few weeks of our training with the new owners, our mother had a heart attack, mm. and uh, she had a uh, bypass surgery. So I was taking care of her and we were taking turns taking care of her while we were getting trained to buy the business. Mm. You know, so if, uh, if you're an Asian, maybe you will say, maybe God doesn't want me to buy this business. Look, there's a sign here. Maybe I should take care of my mother full time and not enter into a business, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my mother was very proud of us because she thought that we could all work together and she had a dream also about, you know, having a good family um, business that will somehow plant roots, you know, so that the other generation could take over mm. and uh, prosper the business, hopefully. Do you so, think, do you, do you think re, um, if you had bought the restaurant and hired your brothers to work for you, do you think that that would have had a different dynamic in the business? Yes, I believe so. Because prior to the restaurant business, my uh, brothers were working for me, helping me in my uh, transcription business. Mm. So I was in charge 100% because, right. you know, of course, I was paying them and they, you know, they will do whatever I asked them to do. So, so in the family business, what... Because I've seen this before in other family businesses, and um, what what happens is if if there's a business that's organized with someone who's clearly in charge and everyone's willing to follow the order of things, then they can work well. And when you hired your brothers in your previous business, it was absolutely clear that you were the boss and they were workers. Right? Correct. And when you became partners in the restaurant. Um, even though you had an org chart, which maybe said that one of you was the manager of the restaurant and Correct. if a restaurant manager decides to put out coupons, that's, you know, that's their authority. They do that. Yeah. But the, the other people in your family, you know, they, they didn't see it anymore as this, as this order of authority because they thought that you guys were all equal. Correct. And, and so even though something might have been your authority to make a decision on, like the coupons, they feel like they can just act in a committee all the time. Correct. Which I respected them in that way because I recognized that they had an authority. So what I did was I stepped back and I said, you know what? I respect you. You're a good cook. This is what you want to do. This is your dream. So you know, I'll, I'll be here to support you. I will not make a decision anymore. I will not make a suggestion. I stopped making suggestions. Mm. I just let them be. So for like three or four months, I just let them be. And I never interfered anymore because, and that's how the book came about. Mm. You know, I, I stepped back and I, I just l let them be. So that, I, I mean, I believe in, I've got kids, so I want them to be independent. And I've always uh, there, you know, I was always their elder sister. And uh, 
so if even you know for for me to stop arguing about little things i said you know what just do whatever you want because i think you need to learn from this you need to learn from your mistakes it will cost us something but in the end it's better for you to learn from the mistakes than not at all you know so that was so, my approach so re you mentioned a book because and this was interesting because you're the first person that well no you're not actually there was a guy named paul who had written some books that called in but um oh, you're, really? the first, okay. you're, you're the first restaurateur <laughs> that i've met who, who has been so frustrated that you've written a book sort of as a therapy, I guess, right? To to get yeah. down your feelings about about what had happened in the restaurant. So you bought it with your brothers. Three months later, you decided you should sell and you still own it with them, right? Correct, correct. How long has it been now since you bought it? Uh, we bought it uh, the, um, let's see, the first quarter of 2017. Um, the, it's been almost two years. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, the inspiration about the book was prior to closing on the restaurants. Um, I have I've met so many challenges with the old owners, mm. and because you know we thought we were friends, but during training, you know, I found out many little things that you know it, it wasn't pretty. And, you know, and that sort of affected the friendship because uh, my Japanese friend insisted on, you know, some of her rigid ways that needed to be followed. Yet she was, she was on her way out, you know, and she insisted in on her, her own processes. But, you know, she didn't, you know, she criticized us so much that, you know, she believed that the way we did it was not acceptable. And that's, you know, one of the things also that I sort of discussed in the book. Mm. Um, and that was sad because, you know, we were really good friends. And after that, they just stopped communicating. Mm. When, when you bought the restaurant, what was the deal? What did the deal look like? Did you pay a certain amount of money and then did you give them all the money on closing day? Uh, they agreed that um, to pay them a down payment and then uh, the balance uh, payable in a year. So we never missed payment. And so we pay them monthly for mm -hmm. whatever balance we owe them. And uh, yeah, we were on time paying them because uh, I, I was depositing the payment monthly on their uh, bank account. Okay. Okay. Um, so what has happened since you decided to sell? You said you, you approached someone who was a business broker and what was that, what was that like? What happened there? Uh, the, uh, the guy whom I met was um, reportedly um, a top business broker in Southwest Florida and Atlanta. So he was uh, a, a semi-expert or he, he sells, uh, he claims to sit, uh, have sold a lot of restaurants in the area and Atlanta. He was an immigrant. And so we, uh, we really um, worked well together because he understood uh, that mentality, you know. And, uh, and in the process, while we were talking together, he knew that 
I wanted to get out of, of the restaurant business. And um, I, I had a transcription business. And he said that one of his digital marketers uh, was gone. So he wanted to hire our company, and which we did. You know, we worked for him in the process. And so I learned a lot in the business brokerage world with regard to digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, so I helped him with uh, advertising uh, the business. You know, I said, okay, well, I have this restaurant for sale. You know, we can work on that. And so, so yes, uh, so I learned about the business by sale, uh, business for sale, businesses for sale, you know, so many avenues out there online to sell your business. But prior to that, I've uh, I already started listening to your podcast, and I respect what you do, David. And your uh, your content out there is just out of this world, and I congratulate you for all your accomplishments. <laughs> because that is not an easy work. I can understand when I've done some digital marketing for him. You know, I insisted on him creating regular content because I told him mm -hmm. this is very important. You know, but you know, sometimes the energy is not there or there's not a whole lot of time to do everything you need to do. So, what, what, can you tell me what the, ha, has there been much in the way of traffic as far as buyers coming to, to talk with you, making inquiries well, about the business? Okay. He said that um, because this is a Japanese restaurant, so it is a specialty restaurant. It's, it's unlike a barbecue, an American barbecue that, you know, could easily sell, you know, I don't really understand why, why is that, you know, because um, I've known some, you know, uh, local people who would buy a nation restaurant, you know, because they like it, they have a business acumen or a background to run a, a, a nation restaurant. So, you know, that's what he was saying. We, we did not have a lot of leads. Mm. Uh, we, we started it at um, listing it at 179,000. And right now, you know, it's, uh, I've reduced it to 130,000. And the fact that I really don't want to go back there full time because my brother's threatening me to say, okay, by 2019, you know, the first week, you've got to come here full time now, and we need to work together now, you know, so, so I kind so of <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a few. Let me ask you a few questions about the business. So sure, sure. Um, you don't own the real estate. This is a leased location, I'm guessing. Correct. But I have an opportunity because I've talked to the landlord. So it is possible to buy the building because when we bought the uh, business, I, I've talked to the landlord and I've, you know, I was so excited at that time. I called him up and I said, you know, what's the chance of you selling the uh, building? He said, well, yeah, sure. I would sell it to you. You know, and he was actually willing to finance it. And uh, if, you know, if I just had a hundred thousand dollars to put down, he was willing to finance the rest of it. What, and at that, what kind of, at um, that time, what kind of sales have you had in the last 12 months? Like total revenue? Uh, total revenue gross uh, sales, uh, about $300,000. We were affected by the uh, red tide in the area in September and October. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that there is a, a, a reduction in, uh, uh, in sales revenue. 
What, um, what about your brothers? Do they want to sell the business or would they, would they like to stay in this business? Is there an opportunity for them to stay in it without you? There is an opportunity actually. Um, he, one of the brothers would want to continue cooking, you know, if, if the new owners that would come in uh, would want him to stay. And of course, you know, when we sell it, if we find a buyer, when we find a buyer, we would give everything, the recipe, of course, train them how to make the sushi, everything. No, but, so, what, I'm, what, but I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, he, uh, he is willing to stay. Buying, yes. how about him just buying you out? Uh, he cannot afford it at this at this time because I was the one who put in the lion's share of the um, the money needed to buy the restaurant. Hmm. So, what, uh, how much did you guys pay for it? Well, I uh, we paid about ninety thousand dollars. Okay, and then did you do other things to improve it? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, the um, uh, we pay we uh, we change uh, the uh, some of the kitchen appliances, mm-hmm. the freezer, the ice maker, uh, a new lease on the uh, dishwasher, and you know some uh, uh, furniture and fixtures. So the build out build out is really nice. You know we're getting a lot of compliments about that, and uh, even what, the food. But, um... uh, what were the previous owner's sales in the 12 months leading up to selling to you? Uh, I believe they were averaging about 350000 or three or 300 you know, not even 400000 a year. Hmm. I mean, I, I do want to grow the business, but it's, you know, there is that challenge. Yeah. I mean, without, without seeing your P&L and, and seeing what the you know, what your expenses are and everything. Um, really the, the simplest way to kind of look at, at a restaurant is, uh, by looking at the top line because it can be managed in so many different ways, you know, especially with family and Mm -hmm. in a family run business, different members can be taking different salaries and it doesn't always relate to the work that they're doing. Sometimes, People, you know, couples will share an income because it's better for tax purposes, things like that. So Correct. what what I often see is that is that restaurants sell for 20 to 30 percent of sales. Which which would show me that, you know, you know, you probably got an OK deal buying the place, but with sales that have gone down, Correct. Um, the restaurant's probably worth less than what you paid for it. Huh. Well, I was going to say, if somebody wants to buy it at 99000 right now, sold. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you think that's, uh, that's not the case? Well, no, people don't generally, you know, I, I think what, what has happened here is, an, is a really great example of what happens so often with restaurants. Yeah. Many of the buyers who buy restaurants are people from the hospitality industry. Uh-huh. So they are bartenders, servers, cooks, and they work in a business like this and they always Correct. dream to own one. They always have yeah. that dream and then Correct. an opportunity will come up and they'll figure out a way to do it. And in your brother's case, he figured he could bring you into it to help him make this purchase. And you did. Yes. And so 
you know, so he found the opportunity because he was already working there. Yeah. And now he's still working there. And he's, you've stepped back, which means he now basically is running the place, I'm guessing. Correct. Yeah. And he's, so, he's realizing that, of course, sometimes he couldn't even, you know, get uh, paid on a regular basis. You know, of course, mm. we have to pay our employees first. And I told him that, you know, the priorities are the, the workers. And then we have to, unfortunately, you know, get paid last, mm. you know, unfortunately. So, yeah. so how much money did you put into this to make this purchase happen? Oh, I, uh, I put in about $42,000. Okay. So um, here would be the problem that your business broker is having. Uh-huh. If, uh, if somebody was interested in owning a sushi restaurant and they yep. found the listing, they uh-huh. might call him up and, you know, now we have almost two years of results, but you probably haven't, you know, you haven't done your year end for 2018 yet to send it over to him. So he's probably got a year of results. He's got one year of tax returns. The the old results under the previous owner are still there available to him, but what they're going to show is a decline from yeah. the previous owner to you. Yeah, which and, is, I know, unfortunate, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing, though, is that it, the history is simply going to be short. And, yeah. and to a lot of buyers, what that indicates is that there are problems with the business. You have a, you've got a hot potato. You know, you know the game Hot Potato Children Play? Yes, I do. Yeah, so, so you have a hot potato and you're trying to pass it off onto somebody else. Uh-huh. And, and so a lot of buyers are going to be scared off just by the scenario that you're trying uh-huh. to resell it so quickly. Right. Yeah. And so if you wanted to sell the business, what the, you know, my advice would be is that you need to get three years of your own results under your belt. So 17, 18 and 19 and ideally, if you could have a growth in 19, that would show that the business was growing over those three years, you know, and forget mm-hmm. the results of the previous owner, then okay. you, could probably, you could probably start to put together a more attractive presentation to a potential buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But more simply, I would ask, why don't you just simply offer to sell your share to your brother and just tell him he owes you 42 grand and he can pay you over time? Because if you okay. if you were making payments to the previous owner, then the business should be able to make some kind of payment to you. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's very good. But now, I mean, realistically, he cannot afford it. I know he cannot, um, and that is why I came into the picture and uh, helped him out financially mm-hmm. to get this restaurant. And uh, now that he's saying that, you know, sort of um, have the white flag and say, okay, you know what, we're, we're ready for you to come in and we need your help now. So, so here's what has happened then. If the cash flow existed before to make payments and now it does not, right. it means that the business isn't operating as well as it used to. Right? Yes, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So if, if a business's value is a function of its cash flow, what uh-huh. has happened is under your brother's leadership, the value of this business has gone down. 
right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it okay. does. So, if instead of buying, if in, if, instead of putting your money into this restaurant, if you had bought money, say, in the telephone company, and they and it was on the stock exchange. Oh yeah. And yeah. Over the course of the year, the share price had gone from fifty dollars down to twenty five. Mm-hmm. You you would know that you had lost half your money. Yes. Right. It'd be very easy yes. for you to understand that. Correct. But the problem in small businesses is that we don't have a mechanism for telling us every day what the value of the business is. Yes. And so, so what you've done is you've put money into a business, and now because of the leadership that ended up taking over, the value of what you bought has gone down. So the the business is probably worth less than what you guys paid for it. And now you have, here's the big question. And this is what your stockbroker would be asking you if if you bought the telephone company shares. He would say, do you want to take your losses and just leave? Or do you want to hope that the value goes back up? Now, the difference between the telephone company and the restaurant is that you can't go over to the telephone company office and tell them what to do and try to improve the business. Yeah. But you can in this restaurant. Yeah. That's what makes it a little bit different. Are you suggesting that um, I should get involved with the business now? And uh... no, I'm I'm suggesting that this is your choice that you have to make. Yes, yeah. you have because nobody's going to come along and pay you more than you bought it for. I mean, mm-hmm. you could luck out. You could happen to find someone who really needs to buy a restaurant for one reason or another. Um, mm-hmm. Anything might happen. But what buyers want is they want a profitable business that has a history of growth that they can see themselves running and that they're going to make money from day one. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if, uh, if the yeah. business today. Is that including, I'm sorry, is that including the E2 qualification? Yeah, because somebody, and, and for people who are listening that are not in the US, an E2 entrant is someone who is an immigrant investor. So many yeah. countries have this kind of program where if you bring money into the country to buy a business, then you're going to, um, you know, have, be on a fast track to obtaining legal residency and all that kind of thing. So um, people who come into a country um, and they bring with them some money and they want to, you know, to establish themselves and work in a business, there's this idea that there are people who simply want to pay money to get citizenship early. And I've heard of this kind of thing happening, but Mm -hmm. most of the newcomers that I've ever met myself have been people who are really are bringing all the money they have in the world. Yeah. And, and they, they have to do a deal that's going to make sense and they have to do a deal that's going to allow them to have an income so they can support themselves and their family. Correct. And so So, it's very, very scary, right? Yeah. So let's and, say, you know, we have somebody who is interested to buy it from uh, another country. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be the fair price for them to buy the business? Well, I have no idea because I haven't looked at the numbers. But yeah. the person is going to have to, this is the decision they're going to have to make. They're going to have to say, does it make sense for me to hand over a pile of money, whatever amount that is, in exchange for the salary and profit of this business that it's generating today. Mm -hmm. And if your brother is working there full time 
And if he's like most restaurant owner chefs that I know, he's probably in there 50 or 60 hours a week. If he's working there all those hours and he's bringing himself home 30 grand, let's say, and there's not much profit left after that, Mm -hmm. you have to ask who is willing to pay to buy a $30,000 job. Yeah. And, and there could be people that are willing to pay, but then the question becomes how much. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so, so you can start to see, if you think about it from that point of view, the, we bought the a job. Value. Yeah. You bought, jo- well, you guys bought jobs, but it sounds like if, if, if you and bought not a it good you, job, <laughs> well, but if you, if you bought it and you were able to pay the previous owner, then maybe there was a little bit of meat left there. Yeah. Or, or were, is, you guys, were you guys working for free, basically, when you were paying her? Well, when we were paying, yes, we were working for free. But, mm-hmm. of course, when... Um, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I was working for free, but not the rest of my siblings. Like, uh, you know, the sister-in-laws are getting paid as far as the tips are concerned because they were actively uh, part of the... Uh, hospitality you know there were servers so whatever uh, money you know tips that we collected you know we you know they shared that and when I was serving also I would have a share of the tips so that's how we got paid so and we reported that you and the sister-in-laws were not getting a wage you were just getting tips yes yeah yes that's that's not that's not getting paid yeah so uh, I mean, because it, the you know the um, minimum wage for waitress, you know, is what three dollars, four dollars an hour, and when you have a good night, it is a good night, and you know it's still it's still a substantial amount of money with regard to tips. So they were happy. I mean, yeah. I was like, you know, we should earn more than that. <laughs> so, so so let me ask you this. If I was going to want to open a, you know, that TV show on, uh, on, uh, that it's a cartoon, it's called Bob's Burger. You ever see that? Um, part of it. My, that's my daughter's favorite animation. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter <laughs> likes it too. So if I was looking for a place in Florida to open up my own Bob's Burger, my Dave's Burger, yeah. uh-huh. um, and I walked into your sushi restaurant, I would see a kitchen with plumbing and you know, stovetops and grills and venting already in place. And there'd uh-huh. be a dining room and there'd be everything I would need to open Dave's burger. Burger, yes. But if I took over your place, it would be far cheaper than renting a spot in a brand new building. Correct. Because all I would have to do is redecorate. Yes. So, so the question is, how much money would I save if I took over your spot instead of starting a brand new spot? You will save a ton, David. I can I can mm-hmm. guarantee you because uh, the furniture and fixtures we have are relatively new. So if you sit down and uh, and calculate, you know how much you will spend to start a new, brand new David's Burger versus mm-hmm. buying our restaurant. You know, I, I I believe you will save more. So we could say, what is that? An asset sale instead of. Uh, you know, selling the business. Are we, are we going in that direction? Well, what, what I'm, what I'm trying to open the door to is this idea. And again, this happens a lot in the restaurant business 
is mm-hmm. that restaurants don't actually sometimes sell because of anything to do with their sales or earnings. They sell yeah. on what's called a redevelopment value, which is okay. which is the value to somebody who want, has a restaurant idea Correct. and they want to save money by by taking over an existing restaurant location because it's cheaper than building something new. You're right. You're absolutely right. And right. this applies to that scenario, I believe so, yes. So if you start to look at what it would cost to build something new, then in order for you to be attractive, you have to offer something that the new location wouldn't have. Because the new mm-hmm. location, of course, is going to be brand spanking new, right? Which Correct. means that your opportunity would either have to be cheaper or it would have to come with some kind of you know, maybe financing terms that you couldn't get. Incentives. Incentives, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, there are regular customers, but mm -hmm. my my argument with my brother is, yes, I love those regular customers, but they're not enough to sustain our living. We have Mm. to get new customers, you know, coming in. And growing the business, you know, get, you know, expanding your cash flow, increasing it, you know, mm. being able to go home and say, even though you put in 60 hours of work a week, you should be happy that you're, you should be getting paid. Yeah. You know? So, so, so you know, collectively, if you guys are looking at selling this thing, I think you have to be looking at what we call a, develop, a redevelopment value. And you have to say, and you're probably looking at the price you paid or maybe a bit less with the willingness to finance it so that some guy who currently, you know, if I work over a Bob's Burger and my dream is always to own my own Dave's Burger, that you show me that I can make it happen with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that means if I find 10 or 15,000 to put down and you're willing to finance the balance, I can open Dave's Burger. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if yes, it's negotiable. So yes, if there's somebody out there who would want to pay us X amount of down payment and you know work uh, out some type of term to pay the rest of it, like what we did with the old owners. Mm. Sure, I'm open to that. So so here's the thing though, is that the type of buyer who's looking to open his own restaurant isn't necessarily on business for sale websites. Oh, really? Where did they go? So so they're probably looking at different storefronts that have for lease signs in them. And they're looking maybe on real estate websites, looking for places that are available to rent. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a slightly different way to, to get to this kind of person. Uh-huh. And so what your business broker may want to do is he may want to to work with a commercial realtor in the area that would be working with people who are trying to locate spots for new businesses. Oh, okay. Huh. Because, because that's the very, person who's, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the person who's going to do a redevelopment of a restaurant, they're thinking about their new business. Yeah. That's, that's their mindset is I'm opening a new business. They're not yeah. necessarily thinking there because if, at first, they could say, well, I don't want to buy a sushi restaurant. I want to open a burger place. And then, you know, the agent or the realtor will have to say, well, wait a minute. If you if you take this place, you can redecorate it and change the name and you can do it cheaper 
than starting from fresh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that and that's kind of the angle. Um, okay. The so our location should be attractive to the new buyer, right? And mm-hmm. the lease, right? Well, and and then there, you know, how much time is left in the lease? Uh, right now, we have three years and um, option to renew for another five years. Yeah. So there's plenty of time there in that lease for somebody to to be willing to open a business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, so now, so that's one avenue. That's one area of thought, selling it as a redevelopment. The other area of thought is to try to improve the value again which I think would require you, you know, you're the, you're the experienced business person. Your brother is an experienced chef. Yes. Right. And these are different skill sets. Yes. And I, th- obviously there's something that you are going to be able to contribute here, mm-hmm. but what it will probably take from you is a commitment to invest maybe another year of work to improve the business and not waiting tables. See your brother, he's, he's probably thinking I need you to come in here so that you can help me in the kitchen or help me in the dining room so that we can cut costs. He thinks about your labor as being more free labor to subsidize the business. Yeah. But, but that's not where your value is going to come from. Your value is mm-hmm. going to come from setting strategic direction and, mm-hmm. and, investigating tactical business moves. So strategy yeah. is, do we change our restaurant and become a, I don't know, a sushi, a, a German sushi fusion with Frankfurter rolls? I don't know, something crazy, yeah. right? Well, we, we a, suggested, yeah, yeah about uh, um, combining or started to offer Filipino food, you know, Philippine right. dishes. So those would be strategies, yeah. tactics, yeah are things for short-term. So strategy is long-term, tactics mm-hmm. is short-term. So so tactics might be circulating a coupon that gives people a, a discount if they come in for lunch on Monday. Correct, yeah. Right, to, to try oh, to- and we're not, we're not open for lunch. And another thing that I suggested is maybe it's time to open lunch so that we could increase our sales. Mm. Yeah, whether you're open for lunch or lunch and dinner, your rent is still the same. Correct. Yeah. And, right. you know, that's what I was, um, my argument was, you know, we're paying X amount of dollars in rent. Why not maximize, you know, the use of the restaurant, even uh, providing uh, private events mm-hmm. when the restaurant is closed during the day. And a lot of my friends have suggested about uh, organizing ladies luncheon, which, you know, I wanted to do, but you know, the brothers were not open to that. So, and, so all of these things that you're talking about are yes. all things that, that any business the owner strategies. for as yeah. opportunities, right? But right. if you go back into this thing to, to help improve the value of the business, you have to establish authority. So you, you basically have to have a meeting with your brother that says, if I come back here, I'm going to become the manager mm-hmm. and you will, you will manage the kitchen and I will manage the restaurant and mm-hmm. I will be in charge of our hours. I'll be in charge of our promotions. I'll be in charge of our marketing and you will yeah. not be. 
And you, yeah. you have to get his agreement of who is responsible for what, because otherwise what will happen is just the same thing that happened before. You guys will just start arguing about everything again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I know it's interesting. It's just yesterday I wanted to come up with a pro- promotional, um, you know, strategy, like, you know, somebody signs up and grow our uh, email list. And I was going to give away $120.19. But he didn't like that idea. <laughs> he said, you know, we could just use the money toward a new sign or a new thing. I said, but no, we need to improve sales, you know. So it's just one of those things that. Uh... But, you know, it's funny because he, he accused you of having become westernized. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I have never been to the Philippines. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that in the Philippines, a lot of communities, they have restaurants and things and people are, people are going to stores or going to restaurants, but there's not a lot of marketing and promotion of a small business there. Well, it's uh, the country. I mean, since, I mean, I went there last year and it has changed Mm. incredibly. I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming a, you know, a, um, an incredible hub for technology mm-hmm. and uh, outsourcing. I mean, it's, I was just impressed about the improvements that have happened there. So it's just my brother hasn't been home in a long time. So mm-hmm. he still carries, he still carries with him the, you know, the old school tradition that, you know, I should not be uh, removing from my system which is a little disappointing because, I, you know, it doesn't apply to where we are. I mean, we're here in Florida and we have to adapt and we have to do what we can to bring people in. It does not have to do with whatever superstition he has, you know. Well, you know, the angle I was, I was aiming for is that your business is in the West. So yeah. as, as the sibling who has been, quote unquote, westernized, you're uh-huh. actually the qualified one to to make <laughs> these decisions. Oh right? yeah, unfortunately, they didn't look at that in that way exactly. You know, they didn't think that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but uh, but being the elder of all of them, you know, I just wanted to give them a chance to have their own playground. It was a very expensive hobby, you know, to say the list. <laughs> well, but... how about this? How about this, Ree? Um, you can always go in there with an ultimatum. You can always go in there and say, I want to improve the business <clears throat> so that I can get my money out. Yeah. So how about this? I'll be the restaurant manager and yes. I will make all the decisions or we can convert the money that I put into this business into a loan and you mm-hmm. can pay me out and you can be the only owner and you yeah. can let him decide. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll, that's what I'll have to do. Right. And, yeah. you know, just be aware that if he decides not to have your help and if things don't change where he's likely headed is for some kind of burnout you know, people people who work nonstop for 50, 60 hours a week and never take a vacation and 
always are under the stress of unpaid bills at home and things like this, um, they end up with cancer. Unfortunately, yeah. They end up with, you know, mental illness, cancer, all kinds of problems. Yeah. People, people aren't made to live that way. Yeah, I know. And, and they don't like it because it's like, you know, I tell them and I try to remind them. I mean, I have my own hobbies. I play tennis. I go to dance class and they don't. They stay home. They cook, they go to work, and they go home. That's mm. it. You know, but I have other, you know, I mean, I have other hobbies that I go to because I don't believe in being secluded, you know, or being mm. just limited. Um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If they're happy that way, you know, I respect them, but it's, I, you know, I keep telling them that, that it's not a healthy you know, way to live if, you know, you do not have another outlet. So, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those classic uh, Asian phenomenon that, phenomena that, you know, we just have to keep working, work hard, work hard, work hard, you know, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I work hard. <laughs> well, but, Everybody but you know, you know what though? I mean, I mean, you, you, you keep saying it's an Asian phenomenon, but it's not, it happens everywhere. You're There's, right. I, I meet all kinds of people who are in businesses that are not going well. And one of the thing, one of the things they do is they, they're not honest with themselves. And so they, they don't look at the business and or they don't pay themselves a fair wage for the work that they're doing or they, they they do whatever they they have to to make it look like it's working, um, mm-hmm. because they don't want to deal with the idea that their business might be a failure. And you know it's funny because I know a guy here locally where I live, and he owns uh, a bunch of uh, franchise pizzerias, and mm-hmm. the the franchise company brought out a new brand for submarine sandwiches. And they they offered a deal to their pizzeria owners, like, hey, if you want to open one of these sub shops, you can get in early and here's a good deal. So he he opened a couple of them and a a couple of them he made into combined stores with the pizza and the subs. And Mm -hmm. one of the locations he opened for the submarine sandwiches, um, it was open and it was open for a couple of years and then it was gone. And I ran into him. I ran into him and I said, hey, I I noticed one of your stores. What happened? Well, I said, I noticed one of your stores closed up there on, on a certain street. And he said, yeah. yeah, he said, he said, I had it for three years. It never made any money. And as soon as the lease came up, I closed it. Oh. And I said, you know, I said, wow. I said, um, it, was it hard to close a business? You know, was it, was it hard to close it? And he said, it was not hard to close that one. Every month it lost money. Oh, so, yeah. So, but what the insight the insight from this is, is this, that businessman knew that the businesses were little money machines. Their job was mm-hmm. to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And when he opened that sub shop, he thought it was going to make money and it never did. And as soon as he realized that it was nothing but a liability, he got rid of it. But as soon as yeah. he had the chance, he closed it. And for people that work in their businesses, they it often becomes very personal. So for your, for your brother, the business is an extension of himself. 
Yes, you're if, right. If, if, they if have the business, this uh, personal attachment yeah. to things. Yes. So if if he if he realized one day that he was only paying himself half of what he should be earning by being a cook in a sushi restaurant and that really he had failed and the best thing to do would be to close it and go find a job in another place, he would have shame and he would have a feel of, he would feel defeated and he would yes. feel that he was a failure. Correct. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of pride into this. Yeah. Uh, I know it. And that's why, you know, for three months I, you know, I, quit and not show up there because I wanted him to just be on his own experience or apply what he thinks is best for the restaurant. Mm. So, and I, I think he's learned a lot being on his own and, uh, you know, but I did give him a, you know, an assurance saying that if you ever need me, I am here. I'm still your sister and I'm still willing to help you. But oh. you, you insist, yeah, you insist on certain things, certain ways, and go ahead and do what you think is best. Good luck, I said. Yeah. So, so yeah. here's, here's and, the decision, Re. Here's the decision you have to make. You have to decide if you want to continue giving of yourself to help your brother and try to recoup your money. Correct. Because I yes. think that if you become actively involved in the business in the direction of the business, and mm-hmm. I don't think you should be working in the dining room and I don't think you should be working in the kitchen. If he wants your help, you should be going there a little bit of time to, to create the policies, the marketing plan, the direction of the business to try and grow the business. And once you do, then, then the question will be, do we really want to sell it? Or now that the business is improved, do we simply want to pay Re her money back? Mm-hmm. Because maybe, maybe this is something your brother can carry on forever once he's learned how to do it well. Maybe yeah. he's always going to need to talk to you once or twice a week about ideas yeah. or things in the business. But mm-hmm. I think that if he's inviting you back, it means that he's willing now He's, he's gone from a, from being in a closed state to being in an open state because he's willing yeah. to accept your help. Yes. You're right. Um, yes, you're very intuitive about this. <laughs> Thank you, David. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate you getting the book. No, no problem. <laughs> and for, for anyone who, um, Anyone who wants to read Ree's story from her point of view, uh, it is available as a Kindle book on Amazon. It's called Reasons for Selling. And, yes, and it's also on paperback. Um, and on I paperback the too. price. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, and, and really, it, I think it's great because it, it, it gives a very good insight into how you, and, and I was only able to read about the first 20 or 30% of it before our call today. but. I was impressed with the story of the woman who sold the restaurant and how um, she had a reputation for being mean lady. And there were actually some customers who, who, who went there to experience it. Uh Uh-huh. I know. (laughs) It's interesting, (laughs) really. I know it's, uh, but you know, in, in his, in her own words, that's the way to do 
you know, what she needed to do. That's the way to have a successful business. And hats off to her. She said she was very successful. So, and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a lot of uh, challenges that I went through with her. And so I thought, hey, this is very inspiring. I should write about this. And, uh, and it, it was sad that the friendship, you know, the, that I lost that friendship. But, you know, in the end, she learned about, about me and I learned about her, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but yes, thank you. Uh, the reason why, <laughs> I mean, reasons for selling was, um, uh, th- that was the title because when I was doing the digital marketing for the, uh, the bro- uh, business broker uh, agent, uh, and when I was uh, doing the um, uh, the listings for individual businesses for sale, mm-hmm. and that caught my eye, you know, that feel that says reason for selling, you know, and I thought, you know, be in place, uh, be in the shoe of that business owner, what they, they had to go through, you know, their own businesses, you know, day in and day out. It is their life, you know, it's, it's not a simple uh, task to have to have your own business you know instead yeah. of uh working for somebody it's it's just your blood and sweat uh, into it so and i thought yeah so i said i, I want to write you know something about this uh story and uh you know and uh, some interviews you know uh, that i did uh with a uh, an old liquor shop owner and his point of view you know about uh, selling how he sold his business uh, so I thought it's it's uh, it's a very interesting uh, field out there, you know, the process mm-hmm. of uh, selling your business and how you go through uh, through the steps and through your emotional um, investments. <laughs> well, it, it is emotional, and and you know, I've, I've I've often used that example of the pizza guy who who had the submarine shop because to me, he really clearly showed how a true business person is detached from the business. They see yeah. it as an asset, yeah. not really as an extension of themselves. Mm-hmm. And and if they are not working right, then you either fix it or get rid of it. And, Correct. you know, but I've seen too many people in these scenarios like your brother's in where they just work, 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 and then they they're paralyzed because they don't they don't either they don't know or they don't want to fix it. Um, but what they're doing seems to be getting them by, but they're not yeah. earning the money they should be, and they just right. end up stuck in this place where yeah. they're afraid to move forward and they're afraid to close it down. And yeah. it's it's not a good thing, but I think that you have you have experience as a business owner and I think that you're going to be able to figure out number one, if you can work with him now, if things have changed, yeah. number two, how can the business change to be better, you know, make more money. And uh-huh. if you can't do it, number three, what is, I'm, I'm not going to say the exit strategy. I'm going to say, what is the liquidation strategy? Correct. Because it's, if, if the business is not working and it's not, going to be a good business and you can't show anyone that it's a good business, then it, the, the conversation has to change 
to why someone would want to take over the location with the equipment. And that conversation would be about this space is ideal for your new restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So you call that the redevelopment approach. It's called approach. a re redevelopment approach, yeah. Interesting, which is uh, very realistic. You're right. There's, you know, I, I mean, who knows? I, you know, I'm still praying. We're still, this is the 31st of December, and I'm hoping somebody would come this week. It's coming New Year. <laughs> who want to own a sushi restaurant, right? <laughs> In Southwest Florida. It's close <laughs> to uh, to the beach. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, there are a lot of fun things about it. Uh, it's not just um, hard work. Uh, you know, I think if you enter into uh, or buying a restaurant, you just have to have an open mind that, hey, you know, if you have another business and you want to entertain, you know, this is another way to do it, right? It, you know, but at the same time, we have to be very careful. I mean, my brothers are good about being conservative in a way that every every cent has to be watched. You know, you know the supplies. You know the um, uh, the materials used and, and everything. You know, it's it's got to be accounted for. Yeah. You know, which is I, which is a great thing. I think restaurants is a tough business. It is and very I have a great deal of respect for anyone who's able to do it and make money. Um, yeah. It's, it's a tough, tough business. There's no question. And yeah. um, you know, you had mentioned too about, uh, about water conditions, red tide, you know, that there are Correct. conditions in your market that you have no control over that yeah. would affect the success of the restaurant. Yes. And yeah. that's one thing that has affected us. Um, the red tide. And, um, but, you know, hopefully, uh, people will return and, um, you know, good patronage coming up and, uh, you know, hoping for the best mm. is the, is the thing. All right, Ree. Happy new year. Happy new year, David. Thank you so much for this time. I really appreciate you and, uh, thank you for your advice. No problem. Have a great day. All right. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.